you need this tool in your back pocket. And no, I'm not talking about a thing. I'm actually talking about a person. Um, I'm talking about this woman by the name of Bridget, who is the founder of Lady Law Shield. She's actually a former uh, patrol deputy. She was the first woman at her agency to be on SWAT. Um, she's faced an extreme amount of adversity. And you know what? She took it to not only be better in her life, but to make life better for all of us. And she's become an attorney who specializes in many things such as Brady Giglio situations, um, workers' comp cases, harassment, um, work hostile workplace environment. She is excellent and top-notch, and she's not just for women, although she does obviously understand a woman's point of view. If you are a first responder of any kind and you're going through something or you know somebody who is, give them her information. Go to ladylawshield.com and you can schedule a free call. You can send them their website or you can go to the show notes in this episode and check her out, learn more about her. Bridget is somebody who's been working with my clients um, for years and she is somebody who I want you to know about. Let's talk about the one thing that's holding you back from everything you want. Let's talk about what's holding you back from the job, from the relationship, from the body that you want, from starting the business, from growing that business. I want to talk about what is holding you back from going up in the next income bracket. It's fear. It is fear. I have seen so many people get entrenched in fear and it stops them. And if you're listening to me today, take it as your sign, your sign that you are stuck in fear because you're allowing it to control you and you are not controlling it. The thing is, is so many people will say things like fuck fear and overcome fear. And I don't believe in that, truthfully. Because Fear is who we are. It's actually, it's ingrained in our brains. It's what keeps us safe, right? Back in caveman times, the fear, our egos, it kept us safe. It kept us in, you know, constant fight or flight. Like, what are we doing? We're going to stay alive right now, but we're going to, you know, we're going to be afraid of that saber-toothed tiger, right? We're going to be afraid if we hear, you know, a bunch of noise in the woods because that could be a predator coming up on us. And we're constantly in fear, but, you know, we have come so far in life that we don't have to walk around life being afraid constantly of everything. We don't have to open up our doors, hopefully. I'm hoping you don't have to and, and be afraid um, of walking out your door, <laughs> you know, in the morning. Um, but yeah, a lot of us still act that way. A lot of us are still in the mindset of being afraid and allowing our fears to own us. And it's keeping you entrenched in anxiety. It's keeping you feeling um, unsure. You ever feel unsure? Like you just, you're indecisive and you just can't make a decision. That's your fear. That's BS. And it's, it's doing it on purpose. And it's keeping you from not getting to your next level. And that's the truth. You want to go to your next level. You want to know the secret. The secret is, is to feel the fear and then own the fear and don't let it own you. That has been 
what I have had to do so many times in my life. When I've been in the martial arts since I've been five years old, it was not easy for me to get my black belt. I'm a second degree black belt, Shotokan karate, but we studied mixed martial art. But you have to be careful nowadays. You can't just go tell anybody that you study mixed martial arts and everybody like looks at you like this jujitsu queen. And I'm not, <laughs> but I did study jujitsu and I can, I can jits. Um, I can get on the mats and do, do some jujitsu and, and do the things. But um, I'm trying to make a funny, my martial artist will think that's funny. Um, anyways, so I've been doing that, um, you know, since I've been five years old and Getting my black belt and going for my black belt was truthfully so scary that <laughs> I was in so much fear because I didn't think that I was ready. I didn't think that I was ready to do this. And at my dojo, so when you're going to go for your black belt, you have to know basically everything you've ever learned from day one up and through like what you need to know for your black belt and you have to know it in English and you have to know it in Japanese. And then you have to endure um, one to two hours, of probably some of the most stressful times of your life, because you not only need to um, be able to listen and execute um, whatever, you know, your instructors tell you to do in Japanese and English, but not always English. A lot of the testing was done in Japanese. And so you have to be able to understand all of this. And then on top of while somebody is fighting you, while two people are fighting you, while three people are fighting you, while now you're on the mats fighting two or three people. Um, so you were, it's constant. It was dynamic. They, they would um, exhaust you because obviously adrenaline is high and they know that if they go and exhaust you, uh, it doesn't take long, right? It doesn't take much to exhaust somebody who's already in a really high state. But, and, and anybody who knows fighting, like anybody who knows this, this is the key. Everybody, yes, we should be working out. We need to be running, but nothing gets you in shape like for fighting unless you're fighting, right? Like, everything else helps, but you, you need to be in fighting shape. And then you get exhausted in your mind. And when you start fighting people and you start getting your bell rung, you start getting punched in the head multiple times, um, kicked by people who, because I'm fighting six foot five friggin' big, you know, big motherfuckers who, you know, they're relentless. And so, you know, you're getting, you're literally getting like physically beaten and then you're getting mentally beaten right into exhaustion. And that's when the stress inoculation turns on. Now we're going to start fully speaking in Japanese. And now you've got to start doing these kicks and all of these things that you know how to do. It's very, very basic. You learned it right when you started um, at the dojo. But um, we know that you are in a completely different state of mind right now and you can't really think straight. Well, we want you to be able to think straight, but we know chances are you probably can't. So we're going to test you. And anyways, it was incredibly intimidating. Um, there, I want you to think of like 50 people that you know at the dojo that are your rank or higher lined up on this wall that haven't taken class tonight, haven't fought, and they are ready to beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and it's like, and it's it's kind of like this thing, like you, I went through it, so now you're going to go through it. I had my ass 
handed to me on my black belt test. Now you're going to have your ass handed to you. And you got to remember, I mean, there's so many people and they're coming in fresh and they're like, so it was stressful to say the least leading up to it was probably far more stressful than the, than the actual test, right? Because your mind just takes over in your fears. And what I want you to know is I didn't overcome my fear. I did not overcome. I was fucking afraid. I'm afraid all of the time. There's not really overcoming your fear. Nobody is all of a sudden just not afraid. I mean, unless, you know, um, you're a spiritual saint or um, something like that. But like normal human beings don't just overcome fear. They just learn how to work with it and they learn how to run their fear so that it works for them versus our fears manipulating us and we end up working for the fear. Do you see that difference? I've overcome some, you know, some scary things in my life. Um, and the reason why you have to understand is the reason why the black belt test meant so much to me is um, I failed my green belt test. I think it was green. I think I was a blue belt. It's my green belt test, which happened to be a pretty big test at my dojo when I was um, a kid. I was like 10. And I was the second person to ever fail at my dojo. And I failed the test. And it was devastating. And it was excruciating. And it was humiliating. And I was, I didn't know what to do. And like, you know, obviously, like, I just felt so inadequate and confused like how did I just let that happen but what happened is I one I didn't prepare like straight up I wasn't fully prepared I didn't prepare to the best of my ability but two I let I let my fears take over I let my fears dictate me I didn't dictate them and when that happens we become clouded we can't make proper decisions um we are not we are not as sharp as we could be we are not executing we are not on our game right and so that happened i failed i failed in a hard way and i failed very publicly and i had a decision to make that day in the office of my of my senseis he and my mom of course my mom's like she felt bad but my mom was pissed, <laughs> you know, what the hell is this shit? Like, get your shit together. So I'm sitting there and again, and I'm like 10 and I'll just never forget. I'm like sitting out back in the office, had a cup of water. Cause that would, that would be the way that like my sensei would always like soothe us. <laughs> you can have a cup of water because you couldn't drink out of the water fountain until you were a black belt. That was like, because it was, they'd pay for the water. So if you were under a black belt or you were not an instructor, then you couldn't drink out of the Poland Spring water fountain. You would have to drink out of the tap. So whenever like you got offered this cup of water, it was a very big deal. So he takes me out back and he gives me this cup of water and he's like, you can have a drink. And I'm like, oh my God, and I'm crying, you know, and I'm all these things. And he says, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. my mother yep I am not happy <laughs> and he said so what are you gonna do and I looked at him and I'm like again 
I have a red face. I'm crying, tears coming down. I've got like fucking probably boogers coming out of my nose because I'm like hysterical. Can't believe I just did that. So embarrassed. So, so embarrassed. Because that's one thing about me is um, I, growing up, would get embarrassed very easily. I don't get embarrassed too much now. I mean, there's times where I'm like, oh my God, I need to go like crawl into the wall and like <laughs> blend in or something, but not super often uh, anymore. I I'm probably more the one who's embarrassing everybody else <laughs> instead of being embarrassed. But when I was younger, I was very, very embarrassed um, a lot. And so when he asked me, what are you going to do? My initial instinct was, well, what do you mean? I'm going to come back when you say that I can, like, I'm going to prepare and I'm going to pass this friggin' thing. <laughs> My mom was very proud of me in that room, but she later then told me that was the only fucking choice <laughs> that that was there. But she wanted me to, she wanted me to know that like I was in control and she wanted to see where my head was at. Right. Which was really good. And it was, it was my instinct. And, and that is when it was like that time in my life when I failed and I failed so publicly and so hard. This wasn't just, listen, I want to be very clear with you. I've been a competitor since I've been five years old. I've competed in the martial arts, played sports. I've competed, um, you know, internationally, I've won titles internationally, I've won titles, national titles. Um, I've done very well as a competitor um, in my teenage years in the martial arts. Here's what I need you to know. This wasn't about like, this wasn't like, oh, well, you just didn't get the trophy or you just didn't get a medal. No, this was complete and utter, absolute failure. Failure to execute, failure to prepare, failure to control my emotions and control my fear. But when I instinctively knew that I was not going to let this define me, this not only defined who I am, like who I was then, what I've gone through, it has defined every situation in my life. I see no other options in my life. I never see any other option other than to pick up and keep going. Sometimes I pivot. I'm the queen of pivoting. My husband talks about that. He's like, I've never seen anybody pivot like you. And I'm like, right, I will do, I will do so flawlessly because I just know that the compound effect is working in my favor. It's working in your favor. I know that if I get up every day and I take, even if it's not a full step, even if I'm inching towards my goal, one inch at a time, some days I'm going to take a full step, right? Some days I'm going to take two or three steps. And then other days I'm just going to take a friggin' inch forward and that's it. But what I know that's all working in my favor and in order for me to be able to do that, which is going to get me to my next level, it is going to get me to my goals. In order for me to do that, I know I have got to learn how to control my fear so my fear no longer controls me. And it doesn't, it's not just a one-time thing. And this is where I believe there's a very big misconception. It is not a one-time thing. It is not a one-time thing. You do not just, you do not just look like 
understand how to like how to manipulate your fear for the benefit of you. You do not do that and then just one time and then that's it for the rest of your life. It doesn't work like that. Like your fear is going to come up over and over and over again. It's going to try to manipulate you over and over and over again in so many ways. It is going to try to control you. It will control you until you understand the pattern. You humans are creatures of habit. We have patterns and it is pattern recognition that is going to get you from pattern of fear, entrenched in fear, being controlled by fear and being like, oh, I'm in a pattern. Now I'm going to shift. Now I'm going to change. Now I'm not going to let it own me. And I think that that is what that massive failure taught me is I was in a pattern and then that taught me I had you know that day when I failed that test it taught me okay am I going to let this define me am I going to let my fear define who I am for the rest of my life or am I going to make it you know I'm going to make fear my bitch and I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to control my fear and make it work for me and that was what I did as I did and I showed up and so when I was just explaining to you in the beginning of this episode about my my black belt test, you have got to understand, I overcame all of that. So to be there, failure, failing a test was very real for me. It was very real for me because I had already failed one of my, my belt testings. So every time at the dojo that I would go for a belt testing, I knew what it was like to fucking really fail a test. Nobody else knew what that was. I was the second one in the whole dojo to ever do that. Never met. Um, I later on had a student who failed the test. But that was it was years later. And again, I well, I just think that that student really wasn't prepared, but it doesn't matter. Um, I think that that student um, allowed the fear to overcome them like I did. But guess what? That student did what I did, got up, worked harder. And I think he's a black belt now crushing it. Huge life lesson. So I understood I understood what like really up close and personal what fear could do and would do to me and it would completely annihilate me if i allowed it it would just cripple me and that's what it does that's what it's doing to you whether you know it or not it is it is crippling your ability to truly shine and to give your gifts and to stand you know in your power it is so limiting Coming out of fear is limiting. Now, listen, there's a difference. You can let your fear drive you. That is different because you're you're harnessing that fear to make it work for you. You are not being controlled by it. There is a big difference. Being controlled by fear is probably got you an indecision and procrastination and plateauing and I don't really believe in plateauing so it's got you moving backwards it doesn't have you moving forward so if you are feeling stuck if you're feeling like you're moving backwards you're at a plateau if you feel like you are not moving forward you are not making leaps and bounds here's what you need to do mental check and figure out where you are letting your fears control you and where you are not 
harnessing those fears where you are not controlling your fears, putting them in a box and taking it out when you need that extra oomph, when you need the motivation, you need that, right? That's how we use fear. We also can use fear, you know, to keep us safe when we need to trust our gut, tune in. That's a whole other conversation. I talk a lot about, you know, your instincts and your gut and and really trusting it. But again, you really better understand your gut instincts versus fear because it's two different things. So that is what I want to tell you today. Listen, re-listen, repeat, send this podcast episode out because this is no bullshit. This is something that can and will change your life if you learn to apply it the way I've applied it to me. People think that I live my life like I'm not afraid. Bullshit. I'm afraid. I'm afraid all the time. I'm afraid of it. Like so many things. I've just learned how to harness that fear and make it work for me. I don't let it control me.